Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and today I've got a very, very special guest, Dr. Bruce Bouquet. Bouquet? I'm Bouquet. sorry. Bouquet. Okay, yeah. I was a little worried with that eye in there. That, that made me nervous. Bruce. Yeah, right. It's Polish for bouquet of flowers. Oh, well, that's, that's very nice. So, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, doctor? Sure, sure. Uh, my name is Bruce Bouquet. I'm a math professor at New Jersey Institute of Technology. Um, I'm a mathematician, and my I've always been involved and interested in applied math and uses of math in the real world. Uh, so my PhD was in detonation theory, the math of explosives, mm -hmm. and I worked for a few years in Los Alamos labs, uh, and then I moved to New Jersey um, at NJIT, and I've made some contributions to uh, biological applications to baseball and the understanding of baseball using math as well as some uh, math uh, work uh, to help keep uh, insect infestation out of your food. So those are uh, the, the main areas that I have dealt with, all things that begin with B, baseball, bio, bombs, and bugs. And uh, <laughs> my initials are BB, so it all goes together. Um, and, uh, and in recent years, I've been more involved in promoting STEM education, especially uh, among underrepresented groups. And uh, in particular, to try to get more girls into STEM, but a uh, longer-term goal is so that more people of all sorts um, in in uh, on the planet go into STEM areas and learn math and science, uh, because that I feel will be a good thing yeah. for society yeah. and for the planet. Yeah, those are yeah. really noble goals. I, when I was starting to do a little research on you, it just made me laugh. Like math professor in New Jersey, of course he's going to be studying baseball gambling. And that's just <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I grew up in New York, and uh, when I was in grad school, those were the uh, that was well. I as an undergrad, I took a course in operations research and realized that I could try to figure out before I had a computer to figure out the optimal way to play blackjack and uh, oh. you know so, so i sat home so one summer in <laughs> when i was at college sat home with a, a pocket calculator and a memo pad and computed the you know the best straight you know when to hit when to stick um in in blackjack and uh then you know uh gambling became i guess it, it was around that time that gambling became legal in new jersey not that i went much Right. But, um, but, you know, it was of interest to me because, again, a, a practical application of math. Yes, it's really fascinating. So you started a site. How long has it been? It's been around for a while. E-Grand Slam? Yeah, so, yeah, so it's over 20 years. Wow. Uh, I, th I think in the late 90s that, that I started doing it because um, you know, I started doing baseball while I was while I was at Los Alamos. I started getting interested. You know, I was a Met fan growing up. I really liked baseball. And uh, then I read an article about math modeling of tennis, and I said – I can't believe you can do modeling of sports. You could figure that. So let me figure out, you know, how to uh, understand baseball. My first interest was in finding what's the best batting order. You know, you have a group of right. nine batters. What's the best batting order? I didn't look at any of the research, and I started doing some brute force uh, kind of stuff, and you know, quickly realized that that it wasn't going to work in order to understand just one lineup would have taken millions and millions of years on the computers at that time. Uh, and then I started um, looking into other things and figuring out how to make it more efficient. And uh, by 1993, I, I had had some results 
Yeah, I was already, I was, we moved to New Jersey in 89. Um, and in 93, I, I submitted my work for publication and it took four years till it was published because they said it was controversial. Yeah. So, mm. so um, but, but it did get published. And I, I suspect that that paper is probably, um, more people have probably read that paper than all the rest of my scientific work combined because it's you know it's, it's easier to understand it's something that people can get their uh, minds around and I've used it over the over the years I've kind of become um, the math recruiting guy in my department I was asked to do this twenty some years ago and uh, I've used it to to great effect as you know people could understand and this is what I thought first of all you know uh, when I started doing this. I had been doing detonations, and you know, if you go to a party and start talking about math modeling of detonations, people walk away from you. <laughs> but, but you know, when you talk about baseball, and you don't have to know any people, you know, you come up, you tell like so. One of the early results was the uh, the slugger shouldn't bat fourth, the slugger shouldn't bat cleanup in general, or mm. the pitcher shouldn't bat last in the lineup in the National League, and and people have an opinion. You don't have to know any math, like like. Why is that? You know, like, uh, you know, that doesn't make sense to me, or I think you're wrong. You know, but whatever it is, people can can relate to you. Uh, so um, I found that that was a great thing, and then I was able to use it um, and continue to use it in terms of uh, interesting people in math and saying, hey, yeah, you know, you can use math in order to understand things around you in life, and here's baseball that I've done. And, and actually, the math that's involved in studying baseball is – relatively simple math it's mostly addition and multiplication a little subtraction and division and just a bunch of bookkeeping uh so you know you could do it with uh you know high school junior high even education you don't have to do any calculus or anything like that that it's there's, there's not you know any of the fancy stuff you know sometimes i'll read about uh people you know crunching all these statistics and trying to find correlations and this and that you know and which is based on some more advanced stuff, but you know that, you know, But then I don't think you really understand as well, you know, what what's really happening. What what are the causes of things? You say, oh, well, this just seems to go with that, which is all good, but you know, it doesn't give you as much understanding, in my opinion. But you know, that's just my my math um, my math modeling kind of bias. That you know, I'm a, more of a math modeler from background but it's all good and whatever people do that's trying to understand things and scientifically and increase knowledge it's all good <laughs> even if it's for baseball yeah i like it well you know like I, yeah I, I was doing these like unimportant things like like understanding explosives you know for defense purposes and then and like and, and, and getting the food supply clean of bugs right and doing math bio and medical applications but when it really comes down to it say i'm saving the world by understanding baseball that's it right there yeah we, we don't care about that we want to know if the stolen base is still worth anything in baseball that's all that's all oh, we care about you know, right so right if the stolen base is worth much less than a hit as i recall yeah um yeah. i probably uh I think I actually have that in, in uh, so I, I opened up for myself um, a, a few files that I thought oh, might okay. be yeah. uh, worthwhile. So I actually, I think I, I think I did a little bit of that. And uh, if you give me a moment, um, I, I think I had a um, something where I uh, looked at the relative value of uh, steals. I think, let me see if I can see if I can search through this uh, stolen. Let's see if, uh let's find next let's see uh oh yeah i think it's going to be around this part 
Hang on a second, no, not there. Let's see, find next. Just give me one moment. Let's see if it's okay, in here. Uh, now, I probably, maybe I just don't have it. Uh, uh, have it in this file. Might be, but I think that um, you know, if you counted a single as worth you know one unit uh, of value, that uh, I think a steel was like around a half, mm. something like that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't recall. I'd have to have to look that up. Um, yes. Okay. But sorry. No, no, no. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. As as a Mets fan, you know, in 2015, the Royals, uh, the Royals may have, uh, you know, change, not changed, but uh, you know, there may be the outlier, right? Uh, you know, they love right. the stolen base and they love putting pressure on the Mets. I see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. So so wait to the so that's a long time ago. So did the well? I know that the Mets didn't win the World Series. I don't right. They yeah, the they Royals lost to the Royals. Didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bring that up every chance I can. Like I see, I see. Okay, well, I think it's been a great year because you know it's 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 near the end of July and Mets haven't lost a real game yet. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, in your mind, what is the most important thing in baseball? Is it just scoring runs? Is is that it? Is that what we should look at? Oh, so right. So it's it is around run distribution. You know, to win a game, obviously you have to get more runs than the other team, and you could make scenarios like if you had a team that. You know, every third day it got 10 runs, but all the other days it's getting zero runs. Um, or, you know, if you got 20 runs, like it might have a high average number of runs that it scores, but it would lose a lot of games just because it's got an out-of-whack distribution. But uh, but that's not what really happens among teams. And and I, I think um, it correlates quite well that a team that uh, has a high average number of runs um, should – you know, compared to a team with a low average number of runs should do well. Now that, of course, you know, some people say, well, if team A's average runs is five a game and team B's is three a game, team A should win all the games. But no, of course not, you know, because team A doesn't always get five runs and team B doesn't always get three runs. They have a certain distribution. And so that's what uh, the model uh, that I use does. I take um, a lineup of, of nine players with some stuff for the bench and stuff for pitching. Um, but basically what it does is it computes how often that lineup should get zero runs, one, two, three, four, five runs, et cetera. And it does that for the other team. And when te- you know, for, for the probabilities that team A has more runs than team B, team A wins. And for the ones, the probabilities that team, you know, t- team B has more runs than team A, team B wins. And then there's some stuff about ties and extra innings. That's a little, you know, by the seat of the pants, but you know, is, is reasonable enough that, that uh, you can work with it. Okay. okay. Well, that's really cool. Do you look at pitchers much at all? Or is it, or is it no, mostly yeah. offensive performance? Oh, um, great question. Uh, so uh, with pitchers, it, it has to do with keeping runners off base. So uh, right, you would ask that um, something related to that in the email. And so I wonder if I could, uh, I, well, like, I'll, I'll just talk it through. I don't know sure. if uh, I could share the screen. So actually I had a student um, do this one year that, that I considered that with, a, with pitchers in baseball, uh, roughly a third of the batters get on against the pitcher, whether it's a, a hit or a walk or a you know, home run or an error, whatever, uh, somewhere around a third-ish get on base. And so what I studied was like, suppose you had a pitcher that's a little bit better than your average pitcher and they they allow 
1% less runners on base. So for every time the average pitcher would let 100 guys on base, mm-hmm. this guy only lets 99 on. Okay? Okay. Right? Everything else the same. Just, you know, he, has, he gets one more out out of, out of the, like, 300 batters that you face where you get 100 on base, only nine get 99 get on base. So I thought that, have, that that's about, like, an extra runner every two weeks, between a week and a half and two weeks, something like that for a team. It turns out that that would increase the number of wins in a, in a normal season, 162-game yeah, yeah, yeah. season, by about 1.8 wins, right? That, that kind of surprised me because you would think, like, you wouldn't even notice that, oh, my team, my, my team led on one less guy on base in the last two weeks. You would say, like, what, yeah, what difference does that make? But it's almost two games. So, oh. so, 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 yeah, so, so what I have with pitching that I put in, so at the beginning I started just with the lineup and what's the, what's the um, optimal lineup that you should have, the batting order um, that you should have for, for a set of nine batters. But uh, then I, you know, of course, pitching definitely matters. And it's clear that if you put in a Clayton Kershaw uh, and versus, you know, uh, not as uh, qualified quality uh, pitcher that, you know, Kershaw is much more likely to win. So um, I use kind of that idea with pitchers about um, how often do they let batters on base? I have a little bit in there. Like, um, so um, if the pitcher, if you, if you're, if a team has a pitcher that lets uh, only say 95% as many batters as, as average, then I get on the opposing team's offensive uh, ability by that 5%. So, you know, if they would get on base, let's say 30% of the time I'd cut down, uh, by 5% to 30%, 1.5%. So they would only get on base 28.5%. So each individual batter, all his singles, triples, cars, walks, are scaled down and all test is put into outs. So that that's how uh, pitching is uh, incorporated. Okay. And then it, then it seems to do reasonably well. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I basically used the same stuff um, over the last 20 years. There, were, there have been, at times, there have been a few um, modifications in the early days. I just used a very simple runner advancement model that um, if a guy's on first and the next guy gets a single, the batter only advances to second things like that on a on a double the batter would only advance to third but um in later years um uh, we incorporated a you know some that um you know takes into account how often a batter moves up to second or third or or scores say on a single or a double so so th- there's that piece there i think at the beginning i don't know if i had anything for the pitchers um but and and also uh, i remember in the early years i i actually was trying to do things about like versus lefties and righties mm-hmm. and uh, the but the data i i don't there wasn't there didn't seem to be em- enough data um for many batters because maybe they would almost always play against righties that sometimes they you know, there aren't as many lefty pitchers and if the player doesn't play so much and then not all of the uh, data was easily available that i'd have to kind of you know estimate um certain aspects so that didn't seem to work so i don't even bother with um the the handedness of the pitcher it's just how does the pitcher do against everybody everybody is scaled up or down based on on the opposing pitchers and and surprisingly it you know the the results have come out pretty good certainly for the season um over the years when i've compared it with um the projections at the beginning of the year with the so-called experts um i'm usually in the top 10 15 20 percent um in terms of 
what you can measure. You know, sometimes they only put who's going to make the playoffs. Sometimes they put um, the order that teams are going to come in. Yeah. Um, I, I, I put in how many games they're going to win. Not everybody does how many games a team is going to win. So, but um, it's come out surprisingly good. There's an awful lot in baseball. And you could stop me if I'm just yeah. No, 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 please. <laughs> There's an awful lot in baseball. It surprised me that that cancels out. So, you know, in the beginning, I was thinking about oh, putting in double plays and triple plays and hit by pitch and you know all sorts of other things that don't happen that often. But um, I think a lot of it uh, kind of cancels out. You know, if there are errors, well, then more guys are on base. But there are double plays and triple plays, then less guys are on base. Some of it all seems to wash out and it would actually it, you know it, it might make the analysis just harder to do um i don't know if it'll be super hard to do but you know then you have to get that data you know it's just best year but I, i've been surprised by that um yeah you must be really the enemy of every saber metrics fan <laughs> out there i don't, I don't know that uh, I, I do appreciate what what people do and i think that over time uh, there's definitely been a greater appreciation for the role that um, math and modeling and the numbers, uh, you know, uh, can contribute to sports. I mean, they, I guess they say in baseball, you know, the, the the time of the games has been going up, and you know, is that in part because of making more changes in the sabermetricians, you know, uh, influence? I don't know, but I, I know that other sports, uh, which. You know, when I started doing this baseball, you know, they'd have the team statistician. I remember at the end of the game, they would, you know, have the, the credits. And, you know, the team statistician those days, they would say, you know, uh, what, how did the batting average change during the game? And now the statisticians are really doing, and the scientists, the uh, data scientists are, are doing real modeling for the team from what, from what you read. I mean, you don't know how much um, is there, but there have been a few books that have spoken about that. But I, but I think the great thing has been um, in other sports, they've become a lot more amenable to the data. We have um, a former student at NJIT who is now one of the uh, data data analytics people on the Philadelphia 76ers. And <laughs> she was a, she was an undergrad by us. She played basketball. She's from Croatia, so she uh, grew up there. Came to NJIT as an undergrad, studied math, was on the basketball team, went to graduate school, got a PhD in fluid dynamics, and now is. Um, you know, her dream job. She's working for the Philadelphia 76ers. She's doing basketball and math. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And I don't think that a job like that existed 20 years ago. No, I don't think so. So, you know, it's, it's really great. And, uh, you know, I think nowadays, I mean, they don't, I don't know, they publicize so much, but I think all the baseball teams have some sort of um, st statistician oh, math yeah, modeling yeah. group, right? Um, it's unclear what they do. And, uh, how much it affects things. Yeah, I'm sure they keep that close to the vest. Although some people work in the more businessy area about selling tickets and modeling ticket prices, and mm -hmm. not that, not that, any, right? I guess only cardboard cutouts are coming to the games anyway nowadays. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean you're you're absolutely right. I mean the level of importance, the stats, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, a few mm -hmm. years back, the the St. Louis Cardinals got in trouble for for hacking into the Astros oh, yeah, computer systems. Right. Right, that that that's crazy, and and it'll and I kind of wonder with the with the Astros this year. You know, they were caught uh, cheating last year, and you know I don't know how one puts that in for this year. Clearly, they won't have the advantage of banging on the garbage pail, but um, you know, who knows how that would affect things? Uh, the other thing is you don't have fans. I mean, uh, so when I did my 
computations for this season, yes. I took out I took out home field advantage because I saw that uh, apparently there have been some soccer games in Europe where they said that the um, that the home field advantage kind of disappears. The refs aren't calling as many fouls against the away team. They're not afraid of, I guess, the fans beating them up after the game or whatever. <laughs> uh, but, uh, right, and I think that, you know, maybe it makes it more even handed right? I, I read that the uh, the Blue Jays, right, the Blue Jays aren't going to be allowed to play in Canada yeah, right. this season, right? So, so they'll, yeah, so I don't know what home field advantage you've got. I mean, you know, certain teams really, I think, uh, build themselves, like if they have, um, artificial turf. I think I know teams over in history have, you know, um, you know, gotten players that should perform better in their location. Of course, you know, uh, Shea Stadium has never been a hitter's park, so it doesn't matter who you're getting, you're not getting a lot of home runs <laughs> on the Mets. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so I'm looking at your projections for the season. You don't think sure. the Astros are going to be impacted much at all? I mean, well, yeah. So, so what I do? Okay, so. You know, things that I know nothing about, you know, I'm not going to try to guess too much on it. So w- what I do is I, I take the players that certain websites say say are likely to be playing, and um, and I take th- the data for those individuals over the last three years and, you know, weighted a little more toward recent years. And then if there's a player, uh, like a, a, you know, a rookie, right? I think there's um, some teams that maybe some players from Asia are maybe moving to the major leagues for the first mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how they'll do. So if they're a first baseman, I'll just take a different first baseman on that team and put him in, in that slot in the lineup. Um, and I, and I waited a little bit by how many games people have played. So if they haven't played very many games over the last few years, their data counts less, but um, I don't know how to, how I would deal with, with the Astros, you know, those players, you know, most of the players are still on the Astros and that's why they come out to be, have 41 wins. I mean, I think I give a little more credibility to the, to the Dodgers at 41 wins um, than the Astros. Cause I think that the more eyes will be on the Astros this year. And, and I guess we might find out how much the cheating um, had helped them last year, but in any case, they're, they're going to be a great team, even you know, out of sixty games. If so, if they lose two or three or even four more games, they're right. They they're still going to win their division. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I don't think there's any danger danger right. there of Oakland or anybody else catching right. them. Right, right. One of the things that I think was interesting because they're going to have the um, the wild card. We'll have four teams in each league mm-hmm. in the wild card. Although I'm not sure. Maybe you could explain to me how they're going to do. Whether the four has to go down to one. And then they play against the other three or whether there's some other system. Um, but that's actually going to make it pretty tight this year, according uh, to the model, because like in the American League, what do I have? I have um, Cleveland at 36, Oakland at 33, Tampa at 32. And then the and then the fourth playoff team or the fourth wildcard team. Well, I have three teams at 30 wins and they're all within 0.1 win of each other. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, right. You can't get 0.1 win. Right. So yeah, they're all really equally there. And then um, in the national league that right, you have um, in the central division, you have three teams at tied at 33. You got the Cardinals, right? the Reds and the Cubs. And the, right. So all three of those make the playoffs, but you know, third have the Mets and, and the Padres at 32 and the I, I think the Braves just miss it, right? Because you'll have one, two, three, four, right? That um, that the Braves miss, but they're you know one game 
is you know I have the you know the Braves at thirty one point two and uh, the the Padres at thirty one point seven, right? So so the Padres make it, the Braves don't. You know, one game. You know, they, there are teams that seem to um, like they get a slow start sometimes. You know, and it doesn't seem to matter to them because you got one hundred sixty two games. Right. You know, yeah. If you, yeah. Right. This year you kind of screw up the first ten games and you get a guy you know, with COVID or is injured. And I mean, that's the other thing that, you know, we, we hope that the season will, will make it till the end. But uh, I think there's no way to consider who's going to be in and who's going to be out. Right? And, at, and at the beginning of the year, if I did this back in March, it wouldn't make much sense because some players said, well, I'm not playing this year. Right. right? And right. So, so um, I think that there'll be a lot um about that, because right, I don't think that they're really quarant- are they quarantining the players? I, I heard uh, basketball has a bubble. Basketball has a bubble. I haven't heard much about them quarantining the players necessarily. Right, but then they said they're going to um, test them a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, yeah, I mean, that's my that, that that's my hope that by you know, I can't believe it's already toward the end of July that you know the university opens end end of August. I'm hoping that they'll have quick and cheap testing by then so that people can go back to some semblance of of normal mm-hmm. uh, you know at a university uh i think face to face things are helpful you know online is good and it's, you know and and 10 years ago if if this happened you know who knows what have ha- what would have happened <laughs> with universities right yeah. um but uh it's still been problematic, um, yeah. right? And and for the and for the baseball season, I mean, right there, they're in uncharted territory. Baseball is really the first one that's opening up, I think. Yeah, yeah, they, they are the first. Hockey is following next week, so. Okay, right. And I, I remember a few months ago, uh, they were talking about uh, Korean baseball. You know, people were all of a sudden because they were back in. They were playing games and people were watching. You think it's three in the morning here, but <laughs> right, but but I, you know, they needed their sports. Um, but I just heard about it that week, and I I don't know if that's continued. If they they've if the season actually has continued over there and what they've been doing. So you know, hopefully they could keep it reasonable. But I, I I don't think you know the players are traveling around and they're traveling around the country. I don't know if they're going to be on private planes or how that's going to work. It'll be very interesting to see. No, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And to answer your question about the playoffs, we still don't know exactly what they're going to do. They're still negotiating, potentially expanding the playoffs. They have oh, until yeah. first pitch tonight to, to finalize yeah. the deal. Yeah, it could yeah. be. I was reading an article. It could have been up to 16 teams. That was on the table at one point. Right. I mean, because you know, 16 is an easier number to deal with that you know you could do like in uh, in basketball where you know team 1 plays team 8 and 2 plays team 7 right and then you then everybody's playing the first round whereas you know right now you have it in baseball you know in a normal season you have five teams uh you know the so two teams the, the you know the the two wild card teams play one game so they're at a little disadvantage and then they and then you're down to four and you could you know you have the uh, a power of two and so it's easy to figure out how to do things um but now with the other with seven teams it's more complicated if you have eight i you know it's a power of two there's an easy mechanism to do something fair you know i mean i guess then the question is you know how many games you have in each series so that you don't go too far into winter yeah 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 we're going to be playing in new york and and los angeles right in the winter (laughs) right right well you know they're going to be Messing with things, they could do like the Super Bowl, right? The, the Super Bowl almost always is in a warm weather area, right? I mean, they, they had it one year in New Jersey, and we, it was shockingly 
lucky. Like that whole week, I remember was was freezing, and then like the day before, the um, the the Super Bowl uh, all of a sudden got nice, and they played super the Super Bowl in, in, in very nice weather for for winter, uh, and it it was shocking. Yeah. And we learned they they played at that giant stadium, which <laughs> is in New Jersey, and I, I remember they were interviewing some fans, and they were saying like. Um, you know, boy, and I, and I see that we're really close to New Jersey. <laughs> like, like you're in New Jersey. Hello. <laughs> yeah. That you just know. proves the God, the gods are even football fans. The gods weren't going to stop. The Super Bowl. Yeah. So right. you get a lot of funny stuff. Yeah. So we've got your projections out. You think Houston's 41. So that's cool. Dodgers, mm-hmm. Dodgers 41 as well. You got the Yankees nipping right on the Astros heels at 39. Right. But they should run away with their division. Right. As right. well. You, you don't you don't think much of Tampa Bay? Well, uh, actually, I was surprised when I saw that they make the playoffs because I didn't know that Tampa Bay was that good. You know, I I, I, I haven't really looked. I, I've been very busy at my real at my day job all year, <laughs> yeah. um, and especially since uh, si- since COVID. You know, because we all have to be lucky. Those of us um, who are lucky enough to keep um, and have a job, but yeah. um, but but so, but many of us who ha- have jobs, you know, are working much harder uh, than ever. So I, I really. Um, didn't expect that in Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay has had like ups and downs over the years. They've, uh, they actually did, um, they had a very mathy, uh, um, group, uh, once upon, you know, a number of years ago, they did a lot of math. I think that that fell apart though. Mm. So, but, but, um, yeah, yeah. Looking at this, you got the Yankees running away with their division. Uh, just looking at what Las Vegas put as the win total. Mm. It looks like yeah, nobody else is going to hit the over. Everyone's going to go under what Vegas says. And you got the Yankees comfortably, I see comfortably over. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot will depend on how serious they are at the beginning. You yeah. know, because they, you know, if they say, "Oh, gee, we, you know, we're going to win by a lot," we could play some games. And and you also don't know at the end of a season. You know, if the, you know, once you clinch, some teams play more seriously than other, or they conserve their good players for the postseason. So, I mean, I don't have any of that kind of. Yeah. Um, I can't. I don't, I don't know how to. I mean, it's like reading minds. So I'm. <laughs> No doubt. I'm looking at the AL Central. You've got everybody going over. It looks like, yeah, everybody going over Vegas except for the Royals. So thanks Uh for that. Thanks for that, doctor. Okay. (laughs) I I just, you know, do what the numbers say, you know, and and the Mariners come out as the worst team in baseball. I don't know if that's true. I guess, you know, often I think that Baltimore is going to be that, but it looks like Baltimore is going to squeak ahead of them. Squeak ahead of them. Yeah, you've got Baltimore <laughs> winning 21 games. You've got Seattle winning 19. Worst team in baseball, right there, Seattle. Right, that's right, that's right. And uh, right, and then it was really 18 and a half, right, 18.7. Okay. So, <laughs> so they're not really even as good as 19. <laughs> oh, so good stuff. Uh, Washington, they're, yeah. they're on top of their division. They're over the Mets, the Braves. That surprised mm-hmm. me that your model showed the Braves coming in third in their division. Uh, Oh, um, oh, I thought others uh, had them. As no, no, no. Third, it's just, it's, it, well, Vegas has got them neck and neck with the Nationals. 33.9. Really? Yeah. Oh. Basically 33.9 okay. wins. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, uh, I, I wonder maybe there's someone in there that I don't take into account or there's, um, you know, it's possible. So the pitchers, I wait just based on uh, how much they played uh, last year. But uh, I don't, you know, when I uh, deal with the season, I kind of average all the pitchers um, and based on how many innings they've pitched. So, you know, if you have a rotation and it's the same five guys and they really hold up, you know, this year, right, they say some teams are really going to try to stick much more foot to that five 
guy rotation and and try to make it through 60 games. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, and maybe other years you had more of the uh, relievers play. But um, we'll see how that comes up. Uh, I don't know. I'm happy that the Mets came in as making the playoffs, and I don't even have the – I remember the Braves just – barely miss but i have the braves not making the playoffs so. mm-hmm. yeah interesting stuff uh yeah miami philadelphia they both suck okay whatever moving on <laughs> nl central you've got it's 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 tight it's tight it, right right you, and that, that whole middle um wild card zone i guess i'd call it mm-hmm. from 33 games to 30 there's what three six there's seven teams that are that are in there you know it's, it's half the league you know seven out of 15 yeah. are are going to be contending for the wild card and, you know, and Philadelphia might actually be in there till the end, depending on how it goes. So, uh, yeah, they're right. They're that, nipping on the hills. You've got them at 28. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, um, so I, I, I found that that was uh, pretty interesting. I, I also, um, in, in many years, I'll uh, massage the data based on how um, my picks came in from the year before and how wide the spread was. So, you know, I would try to keep it that um, the middle two thirds, like from the uh, uh, fifth best team to like 25th best team, let's say we're separated by 30 games and my model had them separated by 25 games. Then the next year I would, you know, expand my model to like, you know, make, you know, kind of force, uh, you know, the, the difference to be whatever it was the year before this year. I, I wasn't playing any games with that. I wasn't, you know, taking into account the home field advantage because I think there's so much this year that is really um, that we don't know that 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 it could go could go either way. And because it's such a short season, the other, I mean, you see it in the bunching of teams um, that you know a couple games go in the either way. You know, your baseball we always say you have the game of inches that. Mm-hmm. You know, a few things go the wrong way for one team, and that could that can knock them out. You know, with the Mets, you know, they they make a few bad decisions. You know, we in New York that are Mets fans often like to complain about the managers. You know, the manager, you know, um, you know, leaves in the reliever who's kind of, you know, shaky a little too much, a little too often. You know, <laughs> you lose a you lose a couple games, and that's the difference between the postseason and and going home this year. It's magnified so much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what do you think? Like philosophically, baseball teams are always built, you know, the managers are, are built for thinking long term, 162 games. Do you think that they're going to be able to adapt or? Right. So um, I, I think that the considerations will probably be different. I don't understand all all the rules about, um, you know, um, when they would bring up players from the minors and, and put them down in the minors because you know, yeah. they get an extra year of that they're under contract kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've never taken that sort of thing into account. I think that everybody's going to play more like a sprint. I would think that the teams, I, I would think, I mean, if I'm a manager, I have no idea what, what they're thinking, that, that they don't have, you know, the first couple weeks to kind of feel everything out. You know, the first couple weeks, yeah, the game's, what, 20% over. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that, so they won't, they they won't have that, and I think that um, you know at the end of the season sometimes they'll complain. A team misses the playoffs by one or two games, and you see what they did in April, and you know they just were you know fussing you know fussing around in April, and you know that cost them the pennant. I think that this year it's it's really magnified that everybody's gonna gotta um, have the pedal to the metal on day one, mm-hmm. and I think they're gonna try to stay with with the players 
that with their regulars uh, as much as possible, especially the ones that uh, could potentially be in, in contention and not, I mean, there is no minor leagues this year, but probably not rotate players in as much. That's my guess. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I always go back to the quote from Bobby Cox because it really amplifies everything. You know, the old manager for the Braves said whenever he thinks about changing the batting lineup, he sits on it for a month and then see if he still feels the same way. Well, it's going to be half over then. Yeah. yeah, he does that. Right? I know there was one manager who once said, who asked, what's, what, what's his lineup going to be? And he says, well, I'm going to try all the possibilities and then I'll pick which one. And like, yeah. like, like, you have nine guys, it's 360,000 lineups. So yeah, so in 200 years, he'll pick his lineup. Yeah. Right, but that's it's going to be so fascinating because that's how managers typically think, at least the, the older generation. At least I don't know what the new guys are thinking. Right, it, it'll be interesting, uh, yeah. right? And so, um, but let's hope for for an enjoyable season. I think everybody is happy that they will be playing games at least, you know, starting today. And uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, end of September, we'll we'll see how these projections uh, work out, and hopefully, they will have had the complete 60 games. And uh, I think that that would be uh, not only good for baseball fans, but probably it will be a sign that things are good for the country if it all goes nicely. Fingers crossed. I'll post a link to the E-Grand Slam so everybody can see the projections. Oh, you've thank come you up very with. much. So everybody that, can, that would be great. Yeah. So, and where where can I see this podcast? Where do where where, where do I go? Well, we're on. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're degenerates here, so we call ourselves AbsoluteDegeneracy.com. That's you. Know, okay, okay. Yeah. I'll have to take a look. Thank you yeah, very yeah. much. Oh yeah, okay. it was great talking to you. Maybe we get you in the. Maybe we'll get you in midway season. See how see how things are sure. going. Sure, sure. Um, happy to speak to you. Um, it's been a delight. I hope that you've enjoyed as well. And uh, you have a great day. You too. Thank you, doctors. <laughs> okay, okay. Bye-bye. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.